0: Welcome to this episode of Once Upon a Time, From Storybook to Estrangement, hosted by Lynn. I have lived as an estranged parent. I will always love my adult son and my adult daughter. And I thank them for getting me to this transformative place in my life. So join me now for my own Once Upon a Time, My Story of Estrangement. A special thank you to my audience of Once Upon a Time from Storybook to Estrangement with Lynn. This is my 52nd episode because of you. My 52nd episode is such a milestone for me. Together, we have grown, we have learned, and we have cried as estranged parents. Please continue to join me on Once Upon a Time, From Storybook to Estrangement, with Lynn. This is Lynn from Once Upon a Time, From Storybook to Estrangement. By way of career, I am a professor, author, and entrepreneur. By way of a lived experience, I identify as an estranged parent. Let me start by saying my lived experience as an estranged parent is without a doubt the single most difficult experience in my lifetime. My healing journey continues and this podcast is one step in that journey. Hello everybody. I am with another special guest today on Heart to Heart, I have Randy Flood, co-founder of the Men's Resource Center of West Michigan. Mr. Flood is also a parental alienation expert. And if you've been following my podcast, you know that I always have our guests introduce themselves. So at this time, Randy,
1: would you introduce yourself to our audience? Well, thank, thanks for having me on, Uh We've had some conversations to preface this, and it's been exciting to anticipate this conversation today. So... Um, yeah, the director of the Men's Resource Center, I founded, co-founded that with my co-author, Charlie Donaldson, who, with whom I've written a couple books that we might talk about later on. But um, that was in 2000, and, and um, I had a center in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that I um, directed, and he worked at uh, the center in Holland, Michigan. And since that time, uh, Charlie has retired. And uh, the Holland office is no longer there, but I continue to operate the Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids office, where we offer specialized consultation, counseling, and coaching um, for males, young men, men, older men, and we see men as a special population, just like you see um, mm-hmm. Latinos or women's issues or African American issues, gay and lesbian issues. We we see men having a particular experience growing up in culture and society with what we call male socialization that trains them to have unique mental health struggles, unique behavioral struggles, relationship struggles, problems with emotional intelligence perhaps. And we wanna offer men um, specialized mental health services, counseling groups, and coaching services to meet their particular needs. And we've been doing that for, like I said, since 2000, we got staff, we've expanded, we're doing online counseling and coaching now, and the pandemic really accelerated that and working with people all over the country and some people outside the country, Australia, Great Britain, and, and such.
0: Randy, that was a great introduction. Randy and I are talking about men, mental wellness, and emotions. I think what you said is so important, and I'm going to just play devil's advocate for a moment. Um, How do we change our institutions, which cultivate men have to be strong? I mean, I, I see in many families, there is still much of that. There's still much of that. So devil's advocate, is this possible?
1: Well, one of the things I think that we pay attention to that's outside of just gender uh, socialization, gender issues, is this term called the zeitgeist, which is kind of the spirit of of our current culture or current society. What do we know? And what are we embracing? What is the wisdom um, of the current society or current cultural structure. Mm-hmm. And and one of those is, is, is having flexibility and adaptability. Take a look at how we're building cars or vehicles, for example. I mean, we used to build vehicles that were very, very specific to one type of function. It's like you've got a truck that's heavy, gas guzzling, pulls things. It's very tough. Now we've got these vehicles and you want this vehicle to adjust and adapt to the driving structures or the person's driving interests.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that and we we're building buildings that you know that have flexibility and restaurants structures and architects and and, and so what I'm saying is that why can't we build humans that have mm-hmm. greater flexibility? We understood the importance to do that with females. We were saying you know there was the feminine mystique and in, in 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 Betty Friedan who said, you know, we have a problem with no name. we got why are these women who who've achieved at a high level. They live in the suburbs and they got all the China wear and they picked out the drapes and the best furniture and white picket fence and drive the best vehicle. And they're depressed and they're running for the shelter of mother's little helper. What is going on with these women? Well, some of these women were born to be judges, born to be CEOs of GM, born to be running for president. And they were, And their experience a press focused on just one thing that wasn't meeting their needs. And so we told them they could be playing sports. Mm -hmm. They could, they could, we were empowering women to say, you can do, you have choices to make. We want you to develop your harder side, your more masculine side. And we're gonna put you in sports, we're gonna put you in debate teams, we're gonna get you educated. You can be an engineer too. Well, we don't do that very well with boys. We don't give them that message that they too can have the flexibility. They too can be sensitive and nurture that side of their emotionality and still work on being tough and strong and perform at a level in sports. I have an example with my son who played three sports. I thought he was very athletic. I gave him all kinds of sports lessons, pitching lessons. And he was excelling in all three sports. And then all of a sudden, his freshman year, after his freshman year of baseball, he said, I want to quit and play theater, do theater, dad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, theater? Theater is what, what an, 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 someone who doesn't have athleticism, if you're born with athleticism, you're supposed to be an athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so I was a director of the Men's Resource Center, and he was challenging my old gender binary. Um, and so anyway, long story short, he excelled in theater and then he was part of a state championship football team as a tight end and he was able to do both. Um, and so that flexibility mm-hmm. is, is is an example of you don't have to be just one dimensional human being, nor do we have to build vehicles or build um, um architecture that are one-dimensional we have this capacity to evolve and transcend and transform ourselves and i think we need to do a better job at that with our boys and girls
0: so you did a great job with your son of both flexibility as you mentioned and adaptability
1: And and he he did a great job with me challenging some of my old ideas too (laughs) <laughs>
0: and and, that's, and I think that's where a lot of this growth begins, right? So yeah. he was really good at saying, dad, whoa. And so you had to have this mindset where you were open to, okay, I need to rethink this as opposed yeah. to, I was going to say I, I could be wrong, but I need to rethink this. And so right. that is really critical. And it's interesting as you were speaking, I was thinking about, so in terms of emotional intelligence, the movement really is for the men to be able to emote more, where I also think that in the same time period, the same era, women to be these CEOs and to be these judges, I think that many of us have been trained to emote less. I remember one study, and I I teach communication in the college, and so I talk a lot about body language. But I remember one study, they were talking about women on air, and I believe it was a sportscaster or anchors, and how they just smiled way too much. You know, they were... (laughs) And so women, I think, really, now that I watch them more and more, I I, am more aware of this study or this paper that I read The conversation continues with Randy Flood, parental alienation expert, on our next episode. Once upon a time, from storybook to estrangement, are my own stories of my lived experience. This is not intended for counseling, therapy, medical care, or crisis care. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Each estrangement journey begins with honesty, hope, and healing. Please join us again on the next episode of Once Upon a Time, From Storybook to Estrangement.